Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. All right, so thank you for tuning in Chomping at the Bit. I'm Kyle Edwards, of course. Now, I want to talk about the NBA playoffs. I know it's been a while since we've talked again, because like I said, if, you, if you're new, appreciate you stopping by. But for those of you who have been listening, you know, I've been saying that the past few weeks I've been kind of busy. So, and I was going to try to do episodes when I could and had to make sure that I had found a way to do one some point during the weekend so just gonna check in once again with the playoff series see where everything is and kind of give you my quick thoughts on everything so let's go ahead get into all this and uh, hopefully you you are enjoying the playoffs as I am there's been some good games some of the matchups Actually, the matches have been pretty pretty good. You know, you had your intense moments, some um, questionable, dirty, whatever that we'll get into. But um, I want to go ahead and start off with Heat, Sixers. So Sixers just got their first one of the series in game three. So it's 2-1 Miami. Now, they did get Joel and B back for game three, which I think was an important part because you know, yes, I picked Miami to win in six. And part of that's because I feel like Joel Embiid would get two games, you know, at least for Philly. Uh, he got game three. Uh, it was pretty much a blowout, 99-79. Now, you could look at it as, you know, Miami, you know, sweeping the first two games at home. Maybe they took their foot off the pedal or weren't fully ready mentally for game three. Philly took full advantage of it. Now we're going to see game four, what happens. You know, how Miami adjusts to Joel Embiid now in the lineup. Um, But I think the main story of this series is James Harden. Because once again, James Harden had a pretty forgettable game. And uh, I believe he had like 17 points or something. And, of course, it's going to raise questions about what's wrong with Joel Embiid and all this kind of stuff. I mean, not Joel Embiid, sorry, with James Harden. And for me, it just seems like he's, you know, he's a guy who, because remember, the NBA kind of changed how they're officiating, you know, some of the plays where guys were uh, embellishing contact and getting whistles for it. But the NBA switched and kind of made it more of a physical style of defense, or at least allowing more physicality on defense, and certain guys struggled with it. If you remember, James Harden, Trey Young, guys like that struggled with it early in the season. Uh, I think, um, I mean, Trey Young, you know, he had his ups and downs in the season, but for the most part, you know, he was what he was. But Harden seems like it's been a season-long type of slump. And to me, 
the reason for it is a lot of Harden's points were from, you know, his little step back three. And if he made it, cool. But when he missed it, it seemed like for the most part he got foul calls on it because he was always throwing himself down. Tried to the hoop. He, you know, throw his body into somebody, get a whistle, whether he made the shot, whatever. And you would look at some stat lines where he'd have, you know, 12, 15, you know, 17 free throw attempts. And he's a good free throw shooter. So he would, you know, get his points up there and then hit a few threes and all that. Uh, hit a few threes and all that, you know, to, uh, I guess, further, you know, not pat his stats, but whatever. So, long story short, it just seems like you take that aspect out of his game, and what you're seeing is a guy that's an inefficient shooter. And because of that, we're seeing games now all of a sudden Four for 11, three for 10, you know, like 30% shooting. And I mean, I don't know. Is this something that maybe just last this year he adjusts, makes whatever changes next year? I don't know. Or is this just what James Harden is at this is at this point? Uh, I've said on here before, I was never the biggest James Harden fan, so doesn't really waver for me my opinion of him but I know a lot of people are surprised by what's going on here um yes his scoring's down he's still giving you you know eight rebounds well look at the game that you know game three 17 eight rebounds six assists so you know still contributing but for a guy that a lot of people have as a superstar some people are had him like top 10 in the league or whatever. You can forget about that. It seems like, but, um, so yeah, so clearly for the Sixers, having Joel and B back gives them a chance to, you know, extend the series out. I'm sure at this point they're thinking they win game four, get it to two, two whole new series. And you take it from there. Uh, Tobias Harris still is a guy that needs to up his production. He had nine points, and luckily, with Embiid back, you know, Harris moves back down to, like, the number three, number four option. Depends on what you think about um, Tyrese Maxey and all that. If Embiid was out, Harris moves up to the number two, number three, and with nine points, it'd be a bigger deal. Uh, So, yeah, so if you're a Heat fan, wouldn't panic just yet. Uh, see what game four gives you and then go from there. Um, next series, Celtics Bucks. Normally I leave the Celtics stuff for last, but you know, talk about the East first. Why not just go to the next series? Um, so Celtics Bucks, we saw two entertaining games and we've seen the chess match between the two, which has led to a 1-1 series with game three being a big swing game. So, for, well, right now for the early part of the 
series, which most people think will go six or seven games. I have Celtics in six. But a lot of people have been talking about, you know, which games should we pay more attention to? Because game one, we saw the Bucks come out, pretty much throw a haymaker early. Celtics struggled to recover, lost that game. Flip to game two, Celtics came out, blitzed Milwaukee early, and Milwaukee could never get back into it. So which game should we take? Well, what can we take from both games is what I'm saying. What I think is you could say, one, the way the Celtics have been defending Giannis, I think is sustainable because unlike a lot of teams, the Celtics have multiple bodies they can throw at Giannis. You know, Grant Williams has been great so far in this series, but you have Al Horford. Um, I mean, if they were to, you could bring in Daniel Tice. Mainly it's um, Horford and Grant Williams. Those are the two main ones. But what you're seeing is the Celtics have taken, well, at least in game two, they made it tougher for Giannis to get his straight line drives to the hoop, which is what he's most effective at. And we're going to have to see in game three, you know, Boonholzer has a reputation as a guy who doesn't make a lot of uh, adjustments during a series. We'll see if anything comes about in game three. But uh, clearly Sully's game plan is frustrate Giannis as much as you can. You know, make it as difficult for him as you can. For the Celtics on offense, we've seen in both games they t- they took a lot of threes. But if you look at the both games, first game, they took a lot of threes where they kind of brought it up past half court, you know, made one pass, and a guy took a three that, you know, may have been a little bit open, but they really weren't looking to work the defense to get maybe a better look. That's what they did in game two, and the beneficiary was Grant Williams in the corner most of the time where they'd come down, you know, kick it to a guy who may have a slight, you know, ray, you know, slight daylight to, to get a shot off. Milwaukee guys run at them, up fake, dribble drive, kick, and then if that guy's open, they take it. Or if a defender's running at them, up fake, swing, that kind of thing, which led to open threes in rhythm. So, yes, they took a lot of threes, but the fact that they were continuing with the ball movement, which is what really unlocked the Celtics offense after January 1st, if they continue that in Milwaukee, they'll be fine. If they go back to game one where it's kind of stagnant and taking maybe semi-contested perimeter shots, then Milwaukee has the advantage. Um, we'll have to see if they continue to let both teams be physical, which I think they should because I love it. And if they do, it's it's going to be you know, very physical series. Probably the, it's probably the most physical series uh, going on right now and I do think because of that the winner of this series yes maybe a little bit battered and bruised for it but I think we'll be fully ready for the Miami Philly winner um, and it looks like Smart will be back for game three 
So the Celtics will pretty much have everybody, you know, on deck because we know it's going to be tough in Milwaukee for three and four. Um, okay, so now we got the West. Suns, Mavericks. Uh, Mavericks, they get game three to make the series 2-1. Um, it's what Dallas needed, of course. They're back home. You know, getting game three now gives them, I guess, some confidence going into game four because after the first two games, it looked like, you know, Phoenix could roll maybe even another a, a sweep, which, you know, I had Phoenix in five, so that's still on the table. But, um, oh, yes. Even though, you know, with it being 2-1, Dallas is still behind the eight ball on this one. Phoenix is a really good team. Uh, I fully expect Phoenix to probably win game four, take a 3-1 series lead, go back to Phoenix, finish it off in game five. But that's not to say that Luka, you know, is – isn't doing as much as he can. Um, uh, I mean, game three, he had, what do you have, like 30? Let me see. Oh, yeah, 26. Okay. Uh, Brunson had 28. So, you know, those two clearly are carrying the offensive weight right now. Um, Dinwiddie, who uh, was a guy that I think before the series I was saying was, you know, somebody who needed to produce for Dallas to have his chance. He only had four points in 24 minutes. That's not going to get it done. Um, basically off the bench, they're not really getting much production. Uh, kids running, what, nine people out there. You know, Milikina played 12 minutes, didn't score. Bertans played seven minutes, didn't score. Kleber gave you 33 minutes. Where did Kleber start? I think Powell came up. Yeah, Powell played 10 minutes, gave you two points. So it's basically Dunchitz and Brunson, and then hopefully between Finney Smith and Bullock, they get 30, 35 points. That's going to be their only shot to win games in this series. And, I mean, it is what it is. You know, Dallas has talent. But they're still missing pieces before they could really be a championship team. Um, you know, if you look at their offense, it's Doncic specific. And with Brunson, I guess, coming up on a contract, we'll have to see, you know, if a team maybe overpays for him in the offseason to lure him away from Dallas. And then Dallas is going to have to fill that need plus the other pieces that they're missing probably like a maybe a low post presence of sorts not one you know you know, back in like the 90s where you dump it down to them and just sit back and watch but at least somebody who can threaten around the rim other than like Doncic on a dribble drive or something I mean Powell gives you something in terms of a lob off of a pick and roll but I mean took two shots two points so he's pretty much non-existent um but hey they gotta win at least they're not gonna get swept uh, i mean for phoenix yeah it is what it is they they lost the game in the series like i said sure they'll be fine 
Uh, Booker only going six for 13 is a little surprising, but I fully expect them to come out game four and and take it to Dallas there. Um, final series. We got Golden State and... Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. I just blanked on the team. It was a Golden State, and um, I can picture them with. Uh, hold on. Who is it? What? Memphis. Jeez, can't believe I forgot that. Okay, so Golden State, Memphis. A lot of talk around this series before we get to game three Saturday. Uh, I guess just to backtrack to game two. The whole thing Gary Payton, Dylan Brooks. I'm sure that's what you want to hear me talk about. So, did he deserve the flagrant two? Yes. That, that's that's a given. When I saw the play, I was like, there's no way this guy's staying in this game. Um, and on that, so, you know, I'll tune into some of the daytime sports debate shows, you know, your first takes, your undisputed you know those type of shows craziest thing that I heard um, I don't know if you heard it but Antoine Walker was on first things first I want to say and he basically said that Gary Payton landed wrong and he said it was just a common playoff foul I mean, it made me laugh a little bit only because you watch the play and Dylan Brooks goes in the full sprint, which you're supposed to do. Gary Payton has a lane to the hoop on a fast break. He's going to go contest. Yeah. Where Antoine loses me about the whole falling properly playoff foul, I can't get on board with that because if you watch it, Brooks beelines towards Payton like cocks his hand back brings it forward and just hits him upside his head Brooks never jumped and didn't look at the ball if you're not doing those two things how are you making a play on the ball so clearly all Brooks wanted to do was to go over there and just make contact with Peyton now swinging your arm like that I don't know how many other places on the body you could have really really hit other than the side of his head maybe his shoulder I don't know but it was clearly just a play on Payne's body he could care less where the ball was and sure looking back at it now the way Payton fell may have not been may have not been may have not been wait may not have been sorry the best idea because when he's falling he braced himself with his arm but he like stiffened his arm out and when he landed that's where you see you know his arm kind of 
you know, like a spring back or whatever. And when I saw it, you knew he did something to his arm. Uh, first happened, I thought maybe he might have broken his arm. Uh, but they said what he broke his elbow or something like that. So, yeah, Dylan Brooks got what he deserved. Uh, then on top of that, in terms of suspension, I was of the mind that I wouldn't be surprised if he got a suspension. But I was kind of thinking that because it happened so early in the game and then he missed the rest of the game, the league might look at that as kind of a suspension. But they went ahead and suspended him for game three. Not mad at it. I completely understand. Because you can't have guys just going around, you know, hitting guys upside their head while they're up in the air. And yes, he obviously wasn't doing it to be like, oh, Gary Payton, if I hit him here, he's going to land, break his elbow. How could he predict that? But it's a play that shouldn't that didn't need to be made. And I think because of that, you had to throw him out and you got to suspend him. Now, for Gary Payton, the second, I can't want to say Gary Payton the third, but I think it's Gary Payton the second because he's just Gary. Yeah. So, yeah, he's going to miss time. You know, hopefully he can get back and, you know, perform like he was before the injury. Hopefully there's no long-lasting effects to it or anything like that. But um, And the unfortunate thing is as well, because of Dylan Brooks's actions, it kind of took away from John Morant's 47 points, you know, to give them a five-point win and even the series that won one. Now, for Morant, you know, he's a guy that I've talked about before where – uh, he was 15 for 31 shooting the ball. That's, you know, right around 50% just below, but that's good. And, yeah, for Memphis to get by Golden State, because like I said, Golden State, you know, they, they've looked good. Now we'll see with Gary Payton out of the rotation, what does Steve Kerr do about it? And I guess just quickly with Steve Kerr, you know, talking about the code and all that stuff. And then some of these analysts were acting like, oh, I've never heard of this code that he's talking about. We all knew what he was talking about. He's talking about not hitting a guy up in the air. I mean, I kind of thought that that was like a kind of rule that's understood because once you hit a guy up in the air, anything could happen. So, yeah, that's just a side note to it. But, yeah, so John Morant gets his 47 and... Now, of course, going into game three, we're going to be looking at what does Golden State do to slow him down. Now, the the easiest thing to do is, you know, you take care of the ball. You know, if you miss a shot and you crash the boards and don't get the rebound, that's where you get in trouble because John Morant out in the front, in the open court in transition, he is tough. Golden State's going to have to make sure that they keep the game at a pace where Memphis is forced to, you know, constantly execute in the half court. Because that's one way you can minimize John Morant's, you know, ability. Because when he gets to the rim, he can make tough layups and all that because he's super athletic. Half court, at least that way you can try to force him to stay on the perimeter. Because, yes, perimeter shooting, 
it isn't the best part of his game. Dribble driving, get to the hoop, finishing around the rim. That's what he wants to do. Uh, so I'm definitely interested to see what happens in game three because, you know, m- you know, emotionally, how do both teams come out? Because even before the Dylan Brooks, well, even after the Dylan Brooks thing, whatever, in game two, you could see that Memphis really wanted to get physical with the Golden State players, you know, Curry and those guys out in the perimeter. We'll have to see if that continues, and then if it does, do the referees, you know, kind of maybe overreact to the first little incident to try to take control of the series. Uh, Now that Peyton is out, not, not really saying retaliation or anything like that, but we know Draymond Green, very emotional, passionate guy. And he already had that incident in game one where he, you know, kind of hit Brandon Clark across the face, uh, swiping for the ball. So do we get another incident like that in game three? I don't know. But I think anything's on the table right now because, one, Golden State's definitely upset because of what happened with Gary Payton as well. They should. And then Memphis is probably upset that Dylan Brooks got suspended for game three. And we know with it being 1-1, game three is a game that's going to swing momentum one way or the other. And in a series this, you know, close with the 2-3 seed, I mean, every little advantage or whatever is key in this series. So, um I would definitely be tuning in for that one to see what goes on there. But uh but it was a it was a good win for Memphis. It was good to see, you know, John Morant get um I guess it was good you know, it was good to see John Morant just be John Morant. Cause, you know, at times in that Minnesota series, he looked I mean, I don't know what the word I'm looking for here, but is not like out of sorts or anything like that, but uh, there were possessions where, you know, he almost looked out of place. And he would kind of just stand out of the way. But, yeah, game two, he was fully involved. Uh, a lot of opportunities to run the break, and, you know, that that's where he thrives. So, with these series, you know, we have some that have played game three. We have a couple of game threes coming up over the weekend. Uh, a couple of game fours coming up, so... Uh, we'll see in terms of Golden State, Memphis, and Milwaukee, Boston. You know who could take the pivotal game three and try to ride that momentum into a game four, and then with the other two series, you know Phoenix and um, well Miami, Philly, Phoenix, and Dallas, with Miami and Phoenix both being up two one. Will they be able to take, you know, full stranglehold in the series and get to 3-1? Will Philly and um, gosh, what's the other team now? It's a weird jumping back and forth from east to west. So uh, Miami and Dallas be able to even up their series 
and then that way kind of reset everything so very interesting um trying to see what other developments there have been the lakers have started their coaching search i'm not gonna really get into that now but that's something definitely to watch during these playoffs because they're starting to see some names coming out mark jackson went up for the job terry stotts some other guys i mean that that whole thing is going to be very interesting to me kind of assuming if they interview mark jackson and mark jackson did the interview probably the guy they probably want at this point unless somebody else presents themselves that's a better option um I mean I don't we'll see what other names get thrown into the hat there but um but yeah so kind of just want to jump on real quick you know talk some NBA playoffs and um yeah hopefully you enjoyed it um I've also been watching NHL playoffs, mainly Boston, to be honest with you. So I'll probably do an episode here coming days about Boston, uh, about the Bruins and Hurricanes, what I've been noticing there. You know, Bruins down 2-1, but uh, we'll see. Um, But yeah, so I guess just to close this out, um, back to Boston, Milwaukee. I, I've said before, the winner of Milwaukee-Boston will probably come out of the East. I'm sticking with the Celtics in six. And quick little exchange between Stephen A. and Kendrick Perkins where I think Stephen A. has the Celtics in seven. Perkins, I believe, has the Celtics in six like me. But then Perkins kind of doubled down on it. He said he has the Celtics winning it all this year. Which, if that were to happen... I would be fully on board with it and I would, you know, I'd lose my mind, but we'll see. It'll be tough because, you know, Miami Philly waiting next round, team crowd of the West, maybe Phoenix, Golden State. It, it's going to be a tough road. So, um, but yeah, so let me know. I guess wherever you are listening to this, you can put it down in the review or whatever comment section. Uh, let me know what you think about the playoffs so far. What do you think about the whole Dylan Brooks situation? Do you think he should have been suspended? Um, do you think he? Do you think it wasn't a flagrant two and just a hard foul like some people do? But um, yes. So let me know. Uh, you can let me know who's your favorite to win it all or finals matchup. Whatever you want to do, go ahead. And let me know. Um. What else? What else? Yes. Also, I guess be on the lookout. Possible changes coming. Um, in terms of, I guess what we'll do with the podcast and other stuff like that. But make sure you listen out for it. So, uh, thanks again. I believe that's everything. Uh, so thanks for tuning in. If you're new here, hopefully you enjoyed it. If you did, you can go ahead and check out some other episodes. Uh, some previous episodes I did. Uh, of course, you're returning. You know the deal. Hit the like, subscribe, share, all that good stuff. Follow me over on Twitter, at Chopping Podcast. Uh, I will kind of tweet during games that I'm watching. And we can kind of interact over there as well. So, 
thanks again. Also, it's Mother's Day weekend, so for your mothers out there, happy Mother's Day. Um, also, for those of you listening, you know, make some plans for the weekend. Do something nice for your mom. But um, be safe out there. God bless. And I'll catch you next episode. All right. I'm out. Have a good one. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.